which is, um, can you coerce people to give tzedakah? Okay, when do you coerce people to do mitzvah, when do you not? Okay, well, so obviously in a, in a religious state, this would be a very, very important question. Rafi? How many I think two more. Oh, two more besides this. Two more besides this. Okay. All right, here we go. What? You, could, you guys can all listen next year. They all go on Hawaii tour. Okay. Alicia, you could be the... You're in Rutgers, right? You're going to have enough time in Rutgers to listen to your goalie. Don't worry. What are you, what are you majoring in? Math and chemistry. You might have a little bit less time than most guys. Okay. Yeah, all right. Let's see, let's see. Okay? So there's a Gemara in Chulin. Now, apparently there is a concept in general about baiting. Uh, mo- I don't know what word we want to use. I want a better verb than bullying. You know, enforcing mitzvah observance. Let's call it enforcing. So let's see where that does not apply. So look at the Gemara in Chulin. gavra. They brought a fellow. He did not do kibravei. Moker is like the word yakar, right? Like kavod. They find this fellow who's not good to his parents. Kaftu, they tied him up. Meaning they're going to say, we're not letting you, uh, we're going to tie you up till you start doing keep it of aim. So here apparently they are coercing a mitzvah. Amrlu, he said to them, Shavku, let him be. As some rabbi said, Detanya, kol mitzvah say shemata and If you have a mitzvah to say where the Torah says you're going to get a reward, then beitin below does not have to concern itself. Now, why is Kibreim a good example of matan schara bitzida? So famously, it's one of the three places where the Torah says, Laman yarichun yamecha. Right, that you'll have very good, Moshe Epstein. You will have a long life. So it's, oh, since the Torah promises a reward, it's not the kind of mitzvah which we you know, beat people up to do. Now, the Gemara doesn't say the rationale, but what would you guys guess? What seems to be the most obvious rationale for such an idea? Mikey? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Presumably we're looking for an incentive. We feel like a religious person who eats Tanakh and hears about the reward. He or she has an incentive, and therefore we don't get involved. But we would say you're trying to fill the midst of Lulav, and there's no explicit reward for Lulav, then we might need to pressure you in a greater sense. Noam Karger. Say it again, there is. Ah, interesting. I guess we feel that uh, there are other ways to motivate them. Maybe we'll teach them that pasuk several times or something like that. Okay, we're good. Okay, so let's plug that in now. Yes, Simcha. Oh, that would be a clever shot. Okay, I like Simcha's shot a lot. Did everyone understand what he said? He wants to claim that maybe the reward is limited to an idealistic performance. And therefore, in a case where there's reward, coercion will actually cancel the reward. Actually, that's very clever. Okay, we'll see a similar idea a little bit later. Yeah? You know, I thought about that, but that's no reason to say the base in Shalmata that they shouldn't get involved. Like, they might say, I, I hear, we don't really care if he has a reward, more. we just need to bother his parents. Okay. But that isn't really a reason. Uh, okay, we'll see something similar to that also. Now, let's bring, now that, notice that was keep it of aim, not Tzedakah. Let's bring it to Tzedakah now. So look at the Gemara in Baba Batra. So th- these are actually very interesting in other ways also. There's a concept called srara. You guys heard it? Like authority. And there's a question like what constitutes srara in Judaism? Ah, Adin Pepervox and Om Karger, this for you. 
Okay, because there is a Rambam, not because of this Rambam, but the Rambam thinks that women cannot have positions of sura. Okay, so if you hold like the Rambam, what is the million dollar question? What constitutes sura? Like not, you know, like if I'm, I know, uh, if I'm the admin of my WhatsApp group, is that a position of sura? Like, uh, so, uh, okay, so that's, so it's obviously a big, a big question. So, by the way, those who don't get upset, not everybody agrees the Ram, there is even a situation that women can't have Sarah. But if you all like the Ram, you can ask the question. So, my Saruta, what is Sarah? The Amr of Nachman Rabbavua, Lafishim and Mashkin Alat Staka, Vafilber of Shabbat. So, you could take a security when you're trying to collect Staka, meaning you could basically coerce people to give Staka. Okay, so notice, it seems to be, if you just have this Gemara, that Sarah might depend on having some coercive power. Which, by the way, might be a good reason why, even according to Rambam, there's no reason why a woman can't be the president of your shul. Because the shul president does not have coercive power, right? It's not a very powerful position, shul president. Okay, but in any case, we'll leave women aside for a second. Okay, uh, and here we're claiming that's swara, the ability to coerce for tzedakah. In Israeli so, v'aktivu fakarati al we're against those that are lochets. Ah, little modern Hebrew. What does the word lachatz mean? Okay, pressure, very good. Kubi, did you know that? Gooby, you know, part of being Zionist is you learn Hebrew. Okay. 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 Gooby's barely learning Sichot Haran right now. Okay, but I have to tell you something great about it right though. Okay, it's the only yeshiv in the world where when we take out a safe called Drashot Haran, people say to me, I didn't realize Rav Nachman said Drashot. Okay, uh, only some of you are going to get that, but I'm not, I'm not explaining it. Okay. Let's try this. Ari Berman, did you get it? Okay. Uh, okay. All right, so I'm going to have to explain it to him later. Okay, here we go. Uh, so you're not supposed to be lachat. Don't pressure people. What does he claim? Even who should avoid pressuring? The tzedakah guy. So it sounds like we don't push people into giving tzedakah. Okay. In my neighborhood, amid means a person is wealthy. They have means. So what's the claim now? If someone is wealthy, you could pressure them. If they're not wealthy, you can't pressure them. Great. Uh-oh. Guys, in modern Hebrew, what does the word kfiyah mean? It comes up a lot in the phrase kfiyah datit. Yes? Okay, kfiyah is to force. Okay, right? When secularists complain that there's religious coercion, the phrase is kfiyah datit. Right? God is religion. So kfiyah is to coerce. So what does it say right here? What did Rava as the Gabbai Tzedakah do? He pushed Rav Natan Barami v'shakal minei arba miyazuz and he took 400 zuz. So, what does that seem to show? That in certain contexts, you can be coercive and pushy even for stuck. Okay, so now we're going to get to the, the real question here, guys. What do we see so far? One Gemara that says, Beitin does sometimes coerce from its vote, but not when it's matan tzara betzida. Not when there's star promise in the Torah. Okay, and now we've said there are contexts where you do coerce for tzedakah. But now, Tosos asked their famous question. What if we look at the mitzvah of tzedakah in Sefer Dvarim, what might we discover? There is a promised reward. It says, Laman Yivarecha Hashem Right? So wait. If tzedakah is an example of matan tzedakah, it should not be subject to coercion. Okay, so now I'm going to open, this is a floor, guys. This is going to be the question for the whole Shirkali. We're going to see six answers, okay? And I think it's interesting because you could logically break up the answers into different categories. But 
but start thinking, what might make this different? Why would it be, again, if we have this rule that you don't give when it's not, you don't coerce, when it's matan skara why should we coerce for tzedaka where there is a promise reward in the Torah? Zach Magman. Um, it's not an answer, but it's another question on what we just read. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why do we um, differentiate here between someone who is wealthy and not wealthy? I thought, I thought like we have a concept with tzedaka that you know, someone's tzedaka can be greater based on what they have. It, the tzedaka is, is relative to what you have. But, okay, it's right you're asking that, Zach. But don't forget, we're not the French so much in terms of the mitzvah. We're French in terms of the coercion. Maybe there's something like, you know, it doesn't bother us so much if we, you know, bully a rich guy a little bit. But there's something funny about the person struggling financially. Like, what if we, like, push the guy struggling financially? Maybe that's a dynamic that we don't really, uh, thanks so much, that we don't really like so much. Yeah, like, it's just in terms of coercion to split. Thank you. Yeah, but let's say someone, I don't know, let's say there's a guy who has a ton of money who's giving 8%. No, I understand what you're saying. Guy, in like, theory, we can do it based on like whether people are giving proportion. I understand. But I still think beyond proportion, just envision, you're the guy by Tzedakah, like how comfortable would you be, I know, pressuring the rich guy or pressuring the guy struggling? I think just think about it in those terms. All right, Michael Hammer. Look, it, it's not, here, let's get the exact second. Anyone here was Bar Mitzvah Parshas Ray? Yeah, Zevi. Oh, Zevi, do you remember this? Uh, one second, I think it's the Varm Tedbub, right? One second, let me just find it. What does it say? Patoch tifchachircha. Ah, here it is. Okay. Um, yeah. Naton titein lo, give to the ani. Velo yiral avcha betitchalo, and don't have an evil heart when you give him. Ki beglal adavrazeh yiberechcha Hashem elokecha bechol maasecha. So it is very generic, my God. If you want to say that, maybe it's too generic. God will bless you in all your endeavors. That's what it says if you give stucco. Is that is that too generic for you? Get a more specific reward and a more generic reward. Okay. Anybody else with a suggestion? Alicia. Uh, two suggestions. One of them requires the knowledge. I don't have one. Is there a low cost connected to Oh my God! Terrific. Okay. So notice, Alicia is very carefully reading the Gemara. What the Gemara say? Kol mitzvah. I say, but it didn't say anything about how coercive we are regarding. Lota says. So he's totally right, actually. Sukkah is one of those interesting mitzvahs that has a positive formulation and a negative formulation. Right? The positive formulation is patoach tiftach et kedcha, open your hands. But it also says, lota mates et levavcha, don't harden your heart. Excellent. So simple as says, as Elisha says, right, this just doesn't apply. Right? This is a lota say. Right? And therefore, the whole category is off. Maybe we, we coerce really because of the lota say. This is going to be one of the six answers. You sure can. Uh, maybe there's a great need for tzedakah. Ah, excellent. Okay, you guys are the best. Okay, uh, before I get to Simcha's point, guys, I, I need to tell you something about Josh, because I have too much saved up, because we didn't have Chloe for a long time. Okay, so I don't know if you know this, but Josh will leave us in the New York Hasid, and he's actually starting to go off the deep end. So, Josh, can you open your Tanya for a second? Okay, so here, guys, here's a Tanya. I have no problem with him learning Tanya. Look what's on the opening page. He has a picture of the spherot on the opening page. Okay, now I'm still okay, but I'm a little nervous that next year there's going to be a picture on the opening page of Masechet Ketuvot of the spherot. That, that is my prediction. That's the trajectory of Josh Olivas. Okay, we'll, we'll see if that happens next year, guys. Okay, Josh. Yeah. I mean, can you just say that it's not really covering just based on the reward? Because, like, 
if you really believe the Lord, and I've also heard that, I'm not sure what the 10 day comes from that, if you get to that level of heartily, that you're going to like, end up making it back and like, double. And therefore? So therefore, well, all the more so you should could be convincing like poor people to get to that level, because then being like, no, but doesn't that undermine the whole idea that we don't? Doesn't that undermine the whole idea that we don't coerce when there is schar? You're basically saying we should coerce more when there's schar. Yeah. Okay, but that, that's against the gemara, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. See, guys, it's another proof. If you're neo-chassidic, you go right to the gemara. Who cares? Okay. All right. You know what, guys? Before I take more answers, I just want to show you um, one of Alicia's answers inside. And this is also interesting how so somehow you have to search wider. So we'll get to in a minute. Okay, guys, notice that Tosos in four gives four answers. And then look what source I quote in five. Now, you would normally think that, wait, this is not the place to look. This is a commentary on Agata. But, you know, it's not always so easy to draw like a hard and fast line. Oh, this is the halachic section of Shas. This is the Agatic section of Shas. Life is a bit more complicated than that. So here, uh, you know, I'm lucky because of the Bar-Ilan program, because I never would have thought, oh, I'll go to my Chedushi Agadot and see what the Moral says here. But all the Mepharshim are there on the Bar-Ilan, so I had to find this. And look what he says. He says exactly Alicia's point. It's an excellent point. Kihad the Rava Achbe, Rava forced. Wait. Didn't we say Beitim doesn't get involved if there is Schar? Beitin doesn't have to deal with the giver from his perspective. So this is a great point, guys. Okay, there's in life there's the action and there's the result. And you could often ask, what is my focus? So we want every Jew to give tzaka. Uh, that's part of being a good human being. So I want Gabi Bochel to give tzaka. That's a value irrespective of what needs are around you. This is the value. If you're a benevolent person, you should be giving tzaka. But then there's the second question, right? What kind of poor people are there in his vicinity? What are their needs? And how do we make sure they're addressed? That's a totally separate question, right? So says the Maral, not every mitzvah has that second element, right? Wouldn't we all agree that in a lulav, you couldn't really say that? Oh, not only do you want, you know, Sammy Gorman to take a lulav, but there's a result. It's hard to make that differentiation. But in staka, very much, that is a live issue. So in my mind, it might be the strongest of the six answers. So says the Maral, why are we coercing the giver here? Not because the mitzvah say on the, on the giver. We're coercing the giver because we have a result we need to produce. We need to support the poor. So it, 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 it's not comparable to anything else. If I just focus on it, qua mitzvah say, I wouldn't coerce, just like I don't coerce for, for keep it obeyed. But here, there's a result that is absolutely crucial, and therefore, we coerce. Okay, so, so far, Alicia's done a great job. We already have two answers on the board. Okay, one is in, I'll get to all you in a second, guys. One in Toshlo, that there is a lotase that changes the dynamic. One in the Maral, that here, it's not about the giver, it's about the recipient. Okay, Tani Gross. Um, by looking at Gath and says Yes, correct. He does say that. Do you want to say the same thing over here? Yeah, because like. That, okay, but I have a question though. Though why that? There's no reason why that would be limited to stucca, though, right? Say that it's a good. It's a good point. You need to have a reason why it's more true for stucca. What are the other? I mean, let's say we apparently we don't do it for keep it up. Right? No, but is that more moral like at that point, and less based on the Rambam? I mean, I have a cute distinction. Okay. Jamie, you've been a long time over there. I just have a question. 
Look, how far it goes is a good question, but I'm going to duck it for now. Okay, oh, so I, I have to tell you something great that happened, and uh, I'm very excited about it. I, I've been quoting it to everybody, because I think it says about me and the yeshiva. Okay, so as some of you guys know, a couple of Sunday nights when I left the yeshiva, for some reason it was, I know, talk to a girl night, I don't know why. Okay, every day I passed was, and I write the guy with the girl. Okay, so uh, one of them was Dan Berger. Okay, so I passed Dan Berger, and I say to Dan, Hello, Dan. Right? So after we pass each other, the following dialogue ensues. Dan Berger says, uh-oh. So the girl says, are you in trouble now with the yeshiva? Dan says, no, but I'm going to be made fun of in sheer quality. <laughs> that was great. I'm, I'm going to quote that forever. Okay, yeah. Ari Berman. Wait, do we, let, let's say it's not, is there no like balance of values here? Like it is true, in an ideal universe we would never have to push anybody around. But we don't live in an ideal universe and we have poor people who need to be fed. Right, that's not, that can't ever overcome the other, other factor? I mean, to an extent. I mean, uh, just, uh, yeah, we, we, have, we have our libertarian here. Right? What, what, what about taxing people? Yeah, taxes. Yeah. yeah, like any form of the government doing anything. Mate, could you really have a government that never coerces whatsoever? Yes. Uh, who's our libertarian? Who's the biggest libertarian this year? Uh, no. <laughs> Nobody would have a libertarian? Oh, where's Abner? Where's Abner? Okay. Uh, too bad. That, uh, guys, see, guys, it's always bad when I have certain associations with you because an association is going to come up and then I'll realize you're not a chair. Okay. Yeah, where, where's Mark Adler and Abner? Yeah. Our potential libertarians are all missing. Maybe there's a libertarian conference somewhere. Yeah, all right, it's a darker. What? Yeah, first of all, that assumes that the social contract theory works, right? Which, I never signed it. Which we're not going okay, to, thank you, Rusha. We're, we're not debating it right now. Okay, go uh, read Rousseau in your spare time. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. You can make such a distinction. Simcha. Um, this is a little bit related to what you're saying in the second answer. Um, I think it's you affects the job we're split, but not at all. So, like, in one, we're saying we're talking about action based mitzvah performance, for example, keep up and right? It's something that we're exclusively talking about a service that's being from a person. When it comes to tzedakah, we're talking about monetary items, in which case it could easily be that these items aren't really even yours. Ah, so we have this okay, amazing. so familiar about like my sir, could be the poor person who just take it. In amazing. In which case, all the basin is really doing is facilitating the movement. Okay, we're going to see it right now. Already. We're going to go out of order, because, sorry guys, we're going to have to do some of the answer. Wait, simple, where's your dad to get a little nachas? Uh, I think he's talking to her Okay, well, bad moment to leave. Okay, everybody go to, I'll take, I'll take more in a second. Everybody go to page seven. Okay, so I think some of you know this, not all of you know it, but monetary law is considered particularly rich for you. That's why a lot of yeshiva would like to learn Baba Kama, Baba Metziah, Baba Batra. Okay, and which section of Shulchan Aruch deals with monetary law? Uh, which section of Shulchan Aruch? Choshen Mishpat. Okay, wait, Alicia, we have to work on this. I have no idea. I have no okay, I didn't say you're a terrible person. We said to work on it. Okay, what, what, what is Evan Ezra about? Marriage. Why is Evan Ezra? Guys, the easy mnemonic device. Why is Evan Ezra about marriage? Because the phrase, Ezer Kinegdo. 
to be easy to remember. So Evan Ezer is about marriage law. Okay, but Choshen Mishpat is about monetary law. And the most famous Lomdish commentary is a sefer called the Ketzod HaChoshen. Okay, it's very famous about the Ketzod. Speak to Rabbi Gavriel about it. Okay, Ketzod is well known in the world of Yeshiva. Have you guys done a Ketzod yet this year? Uh, yeah, more than one? Okay, yesterday in fact. Okay, so there's a very interesting idea of the Ketzod to try to solve this problem. Okay, here we go. Source 7. I was going to save this for the end, but once Simcha brings it up, I, I can't resist. Look what he says, guys. Remarkable idea. A person's money. In English, we'd say there's a lien on the property. Now, let's think about that in another context. How would that normally work? Let's say I borrow money from Jude Gortz. It could be at this point, it's not only that I owe him $200, but he has what we would call a lien on my property. Meaning, if I default on the money, what might he be able to do? Collect from some field that I own. Usually, for obvious reasons, guys, why would the lien usually be on real estate more than movable property? It's, it's more stable, right? So there might be an idea that it might even be a problem for me to sell the field, right? Because he already has a lien on the property. Have we got that concept? That is called a shibud, okay? A lien on the property. But now, what emerges? So the Ketos is a little bit of a radical idea. What does he want to claim in stucca? I would not have thought this, but the collective body of paupers in the world, as it were, they have a lien on my property, right? This is certainly not stuck I'm supposed to be giving. And it's not only that, so basically what he's saying is, it's not just a ritual act that has to happen, it actually has monetary bite to it, right? Again, not just that I have to give stuck up, but the, the collective body of poor actually can collect. One second, Michael. Now, if this idea, now, not everybody agrees with this idea. It is a little bit of a radical idea. Keep going. Now, again, we don't have to get into which Kesemish and which Ron. Just realize it's not universally agreed. Some people might say, Tzedakah is just a mitzvah act. It doesn't have a monetary bite that the Aniyim have a lien on my property. But what is the Nafkamina? Look what he says. Wouldn't that solve, solve Tosa's problem? Because once again, what are we doing when we're coercing on Saka, according to the Ketos? We're not so much coercing you to do your mitzvah say, but rather, what are we doing really? We're, we're just reacting to the fact that the Aniyim have a legitimate monetary claim to the Tzedakah. So once again, there's something other than the mitzvah say. So I would say, and I didn't really think about it until now, guys, but in some ways, Elisha and Simcha's answer, or the Maral and the Ketos's answer, have a similarity. What is their similarity? That there's something else going on beyond the mitzvah say. If we only had the mitzvah say, Tzedakah would be just like Kibbut Aveim, and we would not coerce in the slightest. But what does each one say? The Maral says, as Alicia said, Tzedakah's got this result question. Not just the act, but we need to support the poor. Because of the result issue, the consequence issue, that's why we coerce. Simcha and the Ketos are giving it more monetary legal bite in Tzedakah, they're claiming there is not only a mitzvah, there is the, the collective body of poor people have a lien on my property. So I'm not coercing because the mitzvah I say, I'm coercing to realize their monetary right. Okay, guys, we've already got three good answers to the question. Okay, now here, I'm going to take another break for a second, guys. And here, I have to apologize. I definitely feel like I make one of Joel Kornblum too much. Okay, so I'm going to apologize, but I'm going to do it once more. Okay, so there's a guy in my neighborhood who uh, for years has been eating inflation like at every meal. It's a little frightening. And the doctor just told me this to stop, actually. 
Okay? But, see, Joe's not going to go on forever. Okay? But I was talking to him once, and this guy told me that already in ninth grade, he was an MTA. Actually, I'll mention the guy. He's probably proud of him. Okay? He's a guy named Avi Schlim. He's a really fascinating guy. He's a professor of Piyot in Bariwan. Okay? So uh, in ninth grade, he was an MTA, and he would eat a hamburger and fries for breakfast. So I'm sitting there thinking, wait, what restaurant in Washington Heights can get, sell you a hamburger at 8.45? It just can't be. Like, how did you have a hamburger and fries for breakfast? Okay, so he told me that there used to be a Flasik restaurant in Amsterdam Avenue, and they wouldn't sell Flasics for breakfast, but they would sell omelets, right? They would make eggs also this way they can make, usually a Flasik restaurant can't make money off breakfast, but they had an omelet counter, right? So you'd get an omelet for breakfast. So earlier in his ninth grade career in MTA, he went over to them and said, I'll make a deal with you. Right? If you have a hamburger and fries waiting for you every morning, I'll buy one every day. Okay? And uh, they agreed to the deal. So everybody else was lying for an omelet, and he, like, in the corner was being handed his bag of, uh, of hamburger and fries. So I found the story very amusing, but then it occurred to me, Joe Kornblum, this guy's like an hour and a half ahead of you. Okay? You're not the gold standard anymore. Okay? You don't get it until you nudge them shish at 10.15. Okay? Avi Schmidt was eating his hamburger at 8.45. Okay. Yeah, any time. I'm sorry? You said the five one of stuff is that we're trying to facilitate four. That's for the morale, yeah. Well, why, is that, why doesn't that work? Uh, the problem is you can make the same argument for people uh, Interesting. I was wondering if he was going to tell me that. Like, for instance, in China, they love it. You your parents stuff that the government can't beat you up. Look, you'll have to say, that I, I was wondering if you were going to say, well, you could argue that, don't we care about the result of Kibla Vein? You'll have to argue that, Ruben, that was your question? Yes. I apologize. Okay, guys, let's get that on record for why you told Ruben Dursovitz had the same question. Okay, but um, you're right. You'll have to argue somehow that feeding the poor somehow is a result that matters more than the key to the result. I admit you could quibble with it, but I'm not sure it's an impossible theory. You might say the poor, maybe the alternative is that they starve. And maybe, you know, it's obviously not a good world where people don't honor their parents, but maybe somehow life goes on even though people don't honor their parents. But if the poor don't get fed, life doesn't go on. But maybe we think of honoring your parents today is like, oh, I call my mom and I get a breakfast or something. But back in the day, it's like, parents are nine years old. So they, can't, they, can't, they, don't, they don't have jobs, they have no way to support Wait, wait. What did you say? Back in the day, parents were? What was the sense? Did you just say parents were nine years old? Did you say that? <laughs> no, I'm just pointing out, people had shorter life spans. Whatever. Whatever. I feel like a four year old guy has a job working, but the parents are very old, they don't have jobs, they don't have a way to support themselves. So it would be much more like. Look, anytime you try again, you don't have to agree. I would say, as a general rule, supporting the idea might be more crucial in terms of preserving life than honoring your parents. Also, if your parents I'm are certainly are... heavily in favor of honoring your parents. I'm not, it's obviously a major value. But maybe at this, in terms of just sheer survival, supporting the poor is more crucial. No, but it's not a question of preference. It's a question of what is more crucial for society surviving. Nitai, you know what I'm seeing here? I think it's very good, actually. I think some of this is coming from your fierce family loyalty, which is a good thing. In fact, I got to see it, was it yesterday or two days ago? It was very exciting, guys. I met, finally met Nitai's grandparents. Okay, uh, they were just here, like, soaking up the nachas. They were very excited. Okay, so uh, I think it's a, uh, no, Nitaka's in a culture where family is very important. In fact, where I think he is faulted every Shabbos, he stays in Yeshiva and does not come to them. They somehow thought that he was supposed to come to them every Shabbos of the year. Okay, uh, have they overcome that yet or not yet? Have they overcome that uh, frustration? 
not really. Okay, but uh, look, you're, you, I, I think your family loyalty is admirable, but I still think my, my distinction holds. I have a Alicia, yeah. We could do what you want and only have sadaka, or we, let's view it, we want to limit the amount of mitzvahs and other rewards that we want to focus for. You're right, you have a responsibility to your family first in sadaka. If your parents are starving, oh, very, that was very clever. Using sadaka, we could. Alicia Shmuel, that was exceedingly clever. Okay, if your parents really are starving poor, so what? Just categorize that it's sadaka, and once you categorize that sadaka, you can coerce. That's that was exceedingly clever. What, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong with that? Okay, here we go, guys. Wait, why, why isn't it stucca? No, okay, guys, let, let me go back for a second. There's a famous Sugi in Kedushin that asks if Kibbut of Aim is... Oh, I mentioned it earlier this year. We're going to get right? Is it Michel Av or Michel Ben? Right, where does the money come from? Oh, very good, whoever said that, very good. Okay, Michel Av or Michel Ben? Okay, remember, guys, there was also the example of... We had Kahneman's risk aversion came up in that year also. Okay, but is it Michel Av or Michel Ben? So we do actually paskin that it's Michel Av, okay? That usually the child is supposed to care for the parent but doesn't have to provide financial support. But I think the Mepharshim say, if the parents don't have financial means, then we would expect the child to provide financial support. But again, I think that Alicia's right. That could be a dual fulfillment. That could be kibur of aim in context, but there's no reason why it's not also sucker. So I would say, so we would coerce in that context. Sally. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a good question. That's a very good question. That's an excellent question. Uh, okay. Remember that Salim uh, was very good. Okay. The Gemara at one point said it quoted a pasuk against. Remember. Against pushing people? Right? And said, oh, I'll tell you why there's a little bit of a tension here. We push the Amid, the rich people, we don't push the low Amid. But Sali is saying, from a purely halachic standpoint, we all have the say, mitzvah say, we all have the say, mitzvah lo say. So, from that perspective, what does it matter whether you're wealthy or not? Meaning, if it's the low say that's generating the ability to push, okay, we've all got that low say. Even if I'm middle class, I have that low say. That's a very good question. David Herman. What are you so tired about? What? He bet X. Okay. What? How much did you get to? Uh, like an hour after four hours. <laughs> oh, I, I was hoping you said you meant you were reading the book. Okay. <laughs> All right. The Jews, they did a pretty good job with the movies, but it, it doesn't hold a candle to the book. Yeah, Gabby Buckles. In, say it again. Well, yeah, why not? Because when he's comparing it to an actual sale of Sheba, there's a person, there's two people in the contract that have that idea of who's going to be taking Okay, so you're basically house. asking how does Allah deal with a, a debt to a collective body? No, but I'm saying. But well, it's yeah. an interesting question, but it doesn't mean we can't do it. I think it's a good analogy. What about the fact, let's say I'm supposed to give truma to the Kohen or gifts to a Kohen? Couldn't that be something similar? That I have a debt to who? The collective body of Kohanim. So you're asking a great question. Like, how does that play out practically? Like, because what's the obvious question that Gabi's pointing out? Every time any individual Kohen comes to me and tries to collect, what will I say? I'm giving the other guy. Right, so how does the collective body of Kohenim address that? So Gabi, I'm not saying you're wrong, but maybe Halak has a way of dealing with that. 
what does it mean to owe something to collect the bodies? Maybe our legal system has, has a method. Right? Who's been waiting a while? Nadav Wegline. Ah, uh, Nadav, you are a great idealist. I love idealism. But even, I think I am a great idealist also. Even I would admit that occasionally you have to bully people. How's that? You don't think there's any scenario where you have to like uh, push people a little bit to make society work? But like, uh, I'm not saying that like, you can't like, convince someone to give money, but why define it as coercion rather than like... Because we're actually bullying you. We're not just talking. Although, uh, I'll make you happy, Nadav. Okay? You, you want to be happy for a second? Okay, we'll, we'll go. I didn't realize you were the yeshiva idealist. When did that happen? Okay. All right, here we go. What? Okay. What? That's why so few of you go to YU. I, I, I think I'm not getting it, Sally. Ah, wait, Sally, can I make a point? If one is studying business at WashU, it is not any different than going to study See, Jonas, see how things have developed? Can you see me here, John? Okay. You guys, we have very, if you guys want to talk to a very fine alumni, Jonah Woolman went to Penn. He's one of, one of our best alumni in the right history. He's right here. Okay. Okay. And if you want to make fun of business school, he actually went to business school so he can help you. Okay. I, I, I try to get material from him all the time. Okay. So let's go to, let's go make it up happy for a second. Let's get sneaking in there. Everybody look in Tosis for a second, guys. Okay, so Tosis asked the question, when source four, look at the end of the third line. Omer Rabbeinu Tam, the high kfia, what kind of kfia is going on there in Babatra? The Dabwe is going to make your day. Bid Varim, what kind of kfia coercion are we doing? Just words. And Tosis tries to prove that sometimes kfia is verbal. So once the truth is, I've solved the problem. When we said you don't do kfia for Matan Scharabit Sida, what did we mean? You don't do kfia like the physical one. Remember what they do in the Kibbutz Avain case? They tie the guy up. That's the kfia we don't do. So the claim is there's no contradiction. You just have to realize that the word kfia could have different contexts and different usages. So now by the way, that made your day. So now notice, guys, it's one of the We already have four of the six answers. But this answer is different because this answer is basically claiming that we don't do kfia and stuck. Remember? All the other answers are trying to explain why we do do kfia. We do kfia because there's a shibut. We do kfiyah because the aniyim have a need. This one is saying, no, we don't do kfiyah. You misunderstood the Gemara. We just verbally try to convince you. We do the Nadev Wegelein. We play on your heartstrings. We talk about the wonders of giving tzedakah. That's what we're doing. Yeah? Um, kind of similar to what Gav said. Who did the aniyim have a lean against? Because in Judaism, right, doesn't, isn't there like a large, don't even aniyim have to give tzedakah? Or is, is that okay. A, like, even if you're low. Well, why, why does that contradict the idea of a lean? Because who has a lean against who? What? Everyone has a lean against everybody. And, and okay, look, I, I agree, guys. Gav and Leva, right? We, you'd have to work out how this collective debt plays out practically. But I think for the purpose of our show, I could put that aside. I understand. It's a reasonable question. Also, how do we practically play the collective debt? It might debt? be harder for, to convince someone who actually isn't money, right? They still have a you to give money. It might be you're actually coercing them more of the time because they, they, they don't have as much money. They don't want to give as much so like it's kind of Look, I understand. I, I, I hope it's okay. I fully understand, but I'm going to ignore the practical question for now. Noam? Uh, could there be a difference in the nature of the mitzvah? Like, I think that Kibbutz of Ahim is very much something that happens on like, a personal level in a private setting. It's like, important for you to actually have like, 
Wait, first you said, I thought you were going a different direction. When you got to keep it of the aim, you used the word personal. But is that the, that, that the issue? That's not the issue. I'm saying that that's something you actually need to want to do yourself. Ah. Wait. You're saying that the motivation has a bigger impact on keep it of aim than on sucker. Okay, so I'm gonna, I don't know if that's the svar, but that, it is a very good svar. The only problem is it, it's not about matan svar at that point. But I like your svar a lot. Okay, let me clarify what he said. I think Noam says something very clever. You might say that normally the distinction between, we have a distinction between doing mitzvot lishma and shalom lishma. Right? You can do it for more idealistic reasons, you can do it for less idealistic reasons. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say take your shot and say it very strongly. It might be even more strongly than you wanna say it. What if I say, if you have to beat me up into honoring my parents, then I'm not honoring my parents, right? Someone who had to be beaten into doing that doesn't really have honor to their mom and dad. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And there, the motivation would be crucial to the endeavor. Where it's stuck at the end of the day, even if you beat me up, at the end of the day, the stucco was given. So I'm not, I like that svar a lot. I'm just pointing out whether you think it's true or not, it doesn't really get at what the Gemara said. Right? The Gemara said the issue was matan schara so even though your distinction is a good distinction, I'm not sure it really helps us. Okay? Um, who have we not heard from yet? Michael Hammer. Did we say we believe the person that they have to put apart? Ah, it did come up there, yeah. Okay. Okay, you guys are just excellent. Zach Mag, what do you got? Does that mean there's two splits, one relating to the Maharal, um, and a question we had on it, which was um, maybe, so maybe, yes, maybe um, both the mitzvah and, uh, of Kibbutz uh, Aim and the mitzvah of tzedakah should, you know, have this elevated status, but it's very possible that tzedakah, because it's a tzarech at Sibor, that we, we have a tendency to make ourselves potter to dinim or derabanan and for the tzarech at Sibor. Um, and so here, where it's where it's tzedakah, where it's tzarech of the tzibur, where it's tzarech of the other. And so even though, you know, yes, we have the, this din still. Okay, so you want to say that there's a there's a personal communal split going on over here. Yeah. Okay, we'll, and, we'll come back and, to your point. And, we'll and, come back to your point in a minute. And along 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 similar lines, a little bit different. Um, maybe it's also just a bein adam l'mak and bein adam split, where um, you know the scar that you get from a bein adam l'mak mitzvah. Um, that's you know that's on you, and that's that's a personal thing. But when we're gonna when we're gonna take it into a bein adam lechavero world, so um, you know the scar isn't just okay. So just two questions on your on your idea, Zach. I'm not saying you're wrong, but a you'd have to forget the famous question of which side divide is keep it of Amon. right? In that in the second question, when you're saying if you wanted to differentiate between bein adam lechavero, right? It's on, it's on the bein adam lechavero side. Oh, hang in there. Whoa. Okay. So the same guys. Okay, now, what is mo- it's very clear what's motivating Zach. The question is, is he correct or not, despite the obvious motivation? Okay, why did, why did Zach say so confidently that Kibbutz Rebbe has been on the Makom? Because what do a lot of people like to say? If you look at their Senate Dibrod, they break up into two groups of five, and the first five are all been on the Makom, the second five are all been on the and it's a great theory except the fact that it works obviously for nine out of ten. Right? Because keep it of aim is number? Which one is it, guys? Number five. Very good, Moshe Epstein. Okay? Guys, again, Moshe Epstein. Oh, I need Avner Cornish. Moshe Epstein, again, guys, is underrated Yeshiva star. Really, if you go to Eula, you might be frustrated with Eula, but you somehow you learn a lot of Torah. Okay, so keep it of aim is number five. 
and we would have thought they keep it up aim. Again, before you knew anything, wouldn't you have put it on the Ben Amlachavera side of the divide? So, but to make the even split work, what did many before to try to plan? Your name somehow is Ben Adam But I just want to point out, you're not chayab to say that. Right? There's no, you know, pasuk that says you're supposed to divide the Sarah into two groups of five. Or that the breakup has to be along the lines of Ben so it's not, again, I'm not saying Zach is wrong, just I wouldn't assert it as a matter of clarity that this is a bit... Okay, okay. And the second I would point out again is that in the Gemara, it just says the phrase, Matan Sechar Betzida. It doesn't bring up the fact that you're bringing up. it says Mitzvah Asa, you just have to redefine what Mitzvah Asa is here. But why should I redefine what Mitzvah Asa is? I would have thought, oh, fine. Maybe that's the difference. Okay, simple. Right. No, main one being, how is it connected to the fact that it's no conspire? So I think like you could say like this. In some very aggressive cases, we have a requirement of mitzvah to be It could be if you go to Kabona, you're not actually performing the mitzvah. Correct. So in this case, we don't have to go that far. We don't have to say that when it comes to give aim, if you do it without Kabana, you're not performing the mitzvah. But maybe that mitzvah to be Kabana is the scar Sri Very good. Okay, we're going to see that in a second. Excellent. And in terms of Parker's personal thing, it's going to be important manifestation when it comes to like, but someone who's not respecting their parents, there is a personal connection, and therefore, when towards to do that, it's going to be a grudging relationship. Okay. It's going to be very bad. Excellent. When it comes to Tzedakah, most likely, but they're not doing it, it's about themselves. Very, very clever. But once they actually do it, they're still going to feel good about giving money. There's no problem with the actual person. Okay. Therefore, they may still receive the scar because the kabbalah will still be there. Okay, excellent. So I just want to say a couple things. Um, yeah, it's a good time, actually. Yeah, Joshua, come on. Uh, uh, can I do that? Happy birthday as well.